2: I know what you're thinking did he got five films or six you got to ask yourself this question do you feel lucky well do you punk hey herd kevin goatee here gutting the sacred cow well we've now turned to a new chapter in our show this is the first episode where kevin israel is no longer with us if you remember from our last episode he has sailed off into the sunset and wished him the best of luck So from now on, we have our guest host. And now our guest host begins with, you know him, you love him, show fan and friend, Bill Schultz joins us as Nick Whitmer, first time on the show, joins us to take down one of the most iconic baseball films ever, The Natural. Before we get to it, guttingthesacredcow at gmail.com to advertise with us. And of course, guttingthesacredcow.com to grab a shirt, hat, mug, bag, whatever, all that good stuff. And now let's see how Bill Schultz does in the co-host chair with Nick Whitmer doing The Natural.
3: Gather round is what I know.
2: Out of order, I'll show you out of order. You don't know what out of order is, Mr. Trask. I'd show you, but I'm too old. I'm too tired. I'm too fucking blind. If I were the man I was five years ago, I'd take a flamethrower to this place. Bill Schultz, guest co-host tonight, name that film. A scent of a woman? At a boy. All right. Congratulations. Kevin. Go. I was just
3: describing your cologne.
2: Hey. Oh, <laughs> uh-huh. see out of the gate. He's got jokes. Kevin Goate, Bill Schultz, guest hosting and Nick Whitmer, my buddy, comedy friend, all that good stuff, gambling, extraordinary partner. Nick, what's going on, man? How are you?
4: I'm great, man. Just living this stay at home dad life, you know? a boy. Oh, jealous. Nick, yeah. Yeah. Nick has a brand
2: new stand up album. He would like to tell you about. I Nick, do. tell everybody where we can find it, out came, what
4: out, it is. came out Friday. You can find it on Amazon Music, on iTunes, and all those places. Not on Spotify anymore, because apparently Spotify is being a dick to a bunch of artists. So oh. not on Spotify. But don't worry about it. You don't need to. You can get it anywhere else. It's called Always Hungry. Uh, also, the video special will be out in July. So if you follow me on Instagram, you can get all the updates on stuff. Also, there's a link in my Instagram bio. That has a link to get the album so it's all right there it's my debut stand-up album and uh, i'm pretty proud of it so you should get it
2: listen i already paid for that's the awesome. fucking i already paid for the itunes i'm not paying for a video that's enough is enough all
4: right <laughs> well the video is going to be free later on so oh uh, well them. then pay,
2: probably, paying probably for some... that <laughs> i'm glad to <laughs> Uh, Nick Whitmer joins us, and it's been a while since on this fine podcast. And thank you for listening to us every week, giving us a time, an hour of your week, every week, and telling your friends and family. Nick's chosen a sports film, and not many sports films have been done on this podcast. I think mm-hmm. because they know where we stand on some of them. Nick Whitmer, though, has chosen probably one of the most iconic baseball films, The Natural. 1984, a box office budget at the time of $28 million, a box office hall of $48 million. Turn that into 2021 money, $77 million budget, $132.1 million profit. IMDB, as we all know, is a scale 1 through 10 with decimal points. Nick, what do you think the natural scored?
4: Uh, Probably sevens, seven, three, seven, four. Well, listen, you're either you're half
2: pregnant, you're pregnant, you're not. Which is it, seven, three or seven, four, or another number?
4: Let's go three. Seven, three.
2: Bill Schultz. I'm going to go solid eight. One of you has just won both showcases. Nick Whitmer with 7.4. Uh, uh, 7. I
4: never get those.
2: <laughs> feel <laughs> feel, feel so cheating. Feel
4: free Fuck. to put your hand in my pick seven point four. Well, glad well, I won, still, but well, man, you feel
2: free to put your hand in my pocket and get five hundred dollars out of my pocket, and I'll spank you with my long ass microphone. A Rotten Tomatoes score, if you will. Bill Schultz critics one through one hundred, as you very well know. Critics score of the natural. Hit me, baby,
4: one more time. Seventy-five. Nick Whitmer. I'm going to say that, like, if you're a movie critic, there's no way you didn't see what I saw. And I'm thinking you probably, like, hated it as much as I did. So I'm going to say 66.
2: 83. Ah, really? Mm. Nick, starting with you, what do you think the audience
4: gave The Natural? Oh, see, this is, like, every fucking five-year-old boy saw this movie and loved it. And then they think (laughs) it's still a good movie when they're an adult. So probably like 92, (laughs) Bill Schultz.
3: Oh, boy. All right. I'm going to say 91 because I like winning and it gives me a big wide berth. Uh,
2: Why don't you, can you do a favor? Can you put that cigarette in your missing tooth and just let it sit there? And that way you have to keep going back and forth.
3: (laughs) You promised me there would be enough CGI to cover up the (laughs) tooth. Put the white in this before you broadcast it.
2: I appreciate you and your never ending devotion to the craft. For your audition for Timmy the Tooth, but this is a whole new level.
3: Bill Schultz I'm
2: period style. I, oh, I I'll let that one slide. Uh what, sorry, what no. I, I'm getting QQ again. What Bill, you said 91. Nick, what was your number?
4: Um 93. I probably should have gone too high. I probably went way too high, but eighty-eight. Yes. Yeah, all right, all right, yeah.
2: Quotes the best there is, the best there was, the best I ever will be next one the ball is as dry as your granddaddy's scalp by the way a lot of these sayings could easily pass for dr seuss lines something they could you could put like a <laughs> bunch of words mix them together and they all make about as much sense as shit like that like <clears throat> that woman makes about as much sense as a pitcher of lemonade on a choo-choo track like these 20s and 30s <laughs> times not a fan it was a different time and bill this one up your alley losing is as contagious as syphilis
3: Hmm. But do we? I mean, I feel like I won by getting syphilis because it means I I just
2: fuck a lot. I was talking about the White Sox, but fair enough. Oh, any quotes jump out at you, fair guest Nick Whitmer?
4: Oh, man, that every time that dude was talking to a girl, he's like, I want people to look at me and say, oh, that's Roy Hobbs. The best there ever was all the time. He's like that was his line with all these women that apparently he got shot by and didn't bang except the one time when he did, but we didn't see it. And then he's had a kid. I don't know. <laughs> Spoiler <clears throat> sounds pretty terrible to me, but
2: <laughs> Hey, Oh, Bill Shelton, <laughs> any quotes from you?
3: The one that always resonated with me was some mistakes you never stop paying for. And that really cuts like a knife. I think the most problematic one is uh, when he's answering a young fan as to how you make it in the big leagues. And he says, you have to have a lot of little boy in you, which was um, I felt problematic. But uh, and then finally, this is a very anti-media movie. Uh, the subtexts are, and when he, and this is every uh, athlete, failed or otherwise lived by this one, where Rob, where he talks to Robert Duvall and says and asks him, "Did you ever play baseball?" And of course, mm-hmm. Duvall says, "No," nope. and he goes, "I thought so." And yeah, there's a big market for people being happy about
2: that one. You hear that, Tim Kirchen? <laughs> <laughs> by the way, that first quote for Bill stood out for a certain old flaying. I'll, oh, I'll, 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 there's more than where she came from. I know. The, 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 one that, the one that you always discuss with me. Okay.
3: Yes. She has very basic <laughs> qualities, that one.
2: Five fun facts. Five fun facts. Five fun facts for you right now. It's time for five fun more facts. Five fun facts for you right now. The bat that bat boy Bobby Savoy gives Roy is called the Savoy Special. The Savoy Special was a brand of beer in the 30s and was made by the United States Brewing Company. That bat is now part of the collection at the National Baseball Hall of Fame and Museum in Cooperstown. I must have skipped right past that. Along with Roy Hobbs' jacket and an an exhibit titled Baseball and the Movies. Interesting. I would add that even
3: though he supposedly hit his winning home run with this voice special. Robert Redford insisted on actually doing it with Wonder Boy, which, of course, in reality, wasn't actually smashed in the movie. So that that hit was done by Wonder Boy. Hobbs, number two, breaking the I guess, scoreboard. So no one cares. It was cute. It's
4: not like he it's not like he really hit a home run. It was in the script. Like he probably hit a liner that they made it look like it was a home run. So uh, if he really hit a home run, I would might be a little impressed, but there's no way he yeah, no. why do you hate America?
3: Why do hey. you hate America
2: Nick?
4: if if, if Why was, does he get to have that? Why does he wait, get to have this? Yeah.
2: Listen, if Pedro Serrano can do it in, in fucking real time for the Indians in Major League, why can't Robert Radford? Hobbs, <laughs> Hobbs, Hobbs breaking the scoreboard clock with a home run was inspired by a Bama roll of the Boston Braves doubling off Ebbets Field scoreboard clock on May 30th, 1946, showering Dixie Walker with glass, though being promised a free watch by Bolova for hitting the company's scoreboard sign. Rowell had to wait until 1987 to get his watch. Cheap bastards. Number three, and this makes perfect sense. Pro wrestler Bret Hart took the catchphrase, the best there is, the best there was, and the best ever will be from this film. We'll call this the natural screw job. (laughs) Wow. Wow, wow, wow. In the continuing, these motherfuckers have too much time, 2001, Bill Simmons ESPN Magazine compiled Roy Hobbs' rookie season stats, taking cues from the movie. Boy, it's amazing that someone can get vagina with uh, this kind of dedication. His line, No kidding. His line would have looked something like this. 115 games played, 400 at-bats, 92 runs, 140 hits, 44 homers, 106 RBIs, 350 batting average, striking out 85 times and walking 75. That's
3: uh, very Frank Thomas in his heyday. Mm-hmm.
2: Without the no steroids.
3: Uh, well, uh, by the way, we all know Frank Thomas did not touch steroids. Thank you very much. In an era where everyone else did, he was born looking like a linebacker.
4: He's too busy taking testosterone pills the whole time. Yeah, well, they, he, you, your wife will love it.
2: <laughs> <laughs> I, I didn't have to say because I knew that two zero fastball was right, perfectly placed. Number, oh, NuGenics <laughs> number five. That's Hob- what it was. NuGenics. Hobbs contract five hundred dollars. With the knights equa- equates to ninety seven hundred in twenty twenty one, making less than someone in Mexican ball. <laughs> <laughs> and, True. Man. And those are the five fun facts. I know Bill Schultz, research, researcher extraordinaire, loves to dig oh. up shit, even though I tell him not to. Do you have anything out there that you want to get out in the, in the fun facts category? Oh gosh. Um, well,
3: let's see. Uh, well, I'll give you guys a quiz question real quick. It's sure. A quick one. Um, all right. Uh, who else like Roy Hobbs ended his career with a game winning home run and wore number
2: nine. I was going to say Kurt Gibson, but that's not right. I know
4: Roger Maris wore nine Is it but Maris. He, no, he didn't reti- He retired many years later.
3: Ladies and gentlemen, not, not oh you want to go uh keep it you go ahead.
2: Oh that's all I can guess. It was Kirk Gibson nine. Not only was it Ted Williams, but Robert Robert Redford
3: modeled his swing after Ted Williams. And Ted Williams also used to say, all he wants to be able to, to be known by is there goes the, Ted Williams, the, gray the gray greatest player that, ball that, ball that ball ever lived. I yeah. fucking you knew say that?
4: that like that's a God, that's such a they act like that's a humble thing. All I want to be known as is the best thing ever. <laughs> to exist. That's all. That's all. That's all. I'm not asking for much. Just worship me like a God. That's it. That's that it. Well, that's very Uh-oh. Ted Williams though.
5: <laughs>
2: <Yeah>. <laughs> I mean, his head has been cut off and frozen in, in, in carbonite or whatever the hell he is. Cryogenic. Right, next
3: to Walt Disney. Yeah. Yep, yep, yep. Yeah.
2: Just so you can get the DNA. Uh, do do that. And now everybody, it's time for our favorite subject. Everyone's new time to ask, a. Ask a gutter. Ask a gutter. Ask a gutter. Ask a gutter. At Eric4953, question for you. The Natural is a a classic timepiece. One are the best baseball movies ever. Second choice, he said, is For Love of the Game. So what is the best baseball oh. movie? And he says, well, parentheses, don't say Field of Dreams, that snore fest.
4: Uh, well, it's field dreams is great and way better than uh, the natural. I mean, uh, to be fair, I think Mr. 3000 is better than the natural, but that's not good, god. Uh, <laughs> it's just because <laughs> the natural is so terrible. I think Bull Durham is, is well, Bull Durham is my favorite baseball movie, it's definitely one of the best uh i think the first major league is up there too i think for love of the game has some of the best baseball in movies with uh first of all kevin cosner was throwing gas like he was actually throwing like 85 but there you know there's the love story that goes along with it that people didn't really enjoy and everything but the baseball with um with vin scully commentating like the actual baseball in for love of the game was brilliant it was awesome Mm -hmm. uh and, very anti-Yankee, um, very anti-Yankee, that film. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. I mean, you know, sometimes you got to be, you know? No, um, you know. All the time, you got to be. <laughs> all the time, you got to be. Eat a dick, I would, I, Alex that, Fernandez. That, that's. I would say the three that I enjoy going back to the most are Bull Durham, For Love of the Game, uh, Field of Dreams, and Major League. No one said Naked Gun in there, I saw. Okay. <laughs> Just kidding. Bill, give Great me t- a Give me a big ba- oh, me- Moneyball's me- me- good too, actually. I, I always forget about Moneyball. Yeah, you Moneyball's know why good. I'll
2: tell you why you should forget about fucking Moneyball? Because they didn't report <laughs> on the most important factor of that film. What is that? Bill Schultz, do you know the answer why I hate this film? Moneyball.
3: Uh Jonah Hill was played by five people, but he was fat enough to do that. Or no, he was <laughs> playing.
2: Because they forgot to omit one little fact. The A's were not successful because they got a got a bunch of guys. Who could walk and get on base? They won all those games because they had one, two, three, four starting fucking pitchers who won twenty games each. Hudson, Mulder, Zito, and I forgot the other one. Four starting pitchers. That was a pretty beast. And they didn't say one word on how great they are. They made it sound like David Justice and Scott Hatterberg. And all these other dildos were the reason they were able to cobble that win streak together and then get picked up by the
4: Yankees in 2001. Thank you very much. They, I was there. They also forgot to mention Jeremy Giambi's Coke connection. <laughs> I mean, that Coke had to be the best Coke <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs>
2: I like I, I like Brad Pitt, but that is such an egregious oversight. I can't put in there.
4: That, I mean, that is a, that is an excellent point. Um, I was more of a fan of the Michael Lewis book right. than the movie, I guess. But yeah, that's a when you have four beasts like that, you have a pretty good chance, even with a terrible lineup. It's
5: eighty games. It's eighty yeah. games. Christ,
4: yeah. I uh, I have to say, Major
2: League. I also have to say, Field of Dreams. I don't give a shit with anybody. That's a goddamn classic. That's uh, a great movie. And I can argue, and I know Bill Schultz is going to fucking blow a load. Eight men out it has to be part of the conversation, at least top five. That was 61. One of, mine. one of mine. 61. 61's great. I'll get to, I, I did my 61, top 10 later on. 61.
3: Get- I hate the Yankees, as Kev well knows. 61's yeah. great. 61 I like it. is one of my all timers. Absolutely.
4: Yeah, that's good. yeah. I have to put that on there too. And I like for love of the game. Uh, by
3: the way, what what amazing casting in 61. Uh what's his name that played Mantle? Perfect. Thomas Jane. Uh, the yeah, Thomas Jane uh, and, and, and Barry, Barry Pepper. Pepper. Yeah. Barry Pepper is Roger Maris. Yeah. In both yeah. looks, everything, oh it was unbelievable. Love 61. Great. Um and they filmed in Tiger Stadium, old Tiger Stadium, and the CGI was just good enough at the time where they added all the stuff
2: to really make it look
3: like old Yankee
2: Stadium. It was awesome. It was so good. At Lord Snertz, haven't seen the natural so no questions. Okay, thank you very much. Uh, at Eric493.
3: <laughs> Almost at, makes us wonder why you included that one, Kev. Yeah. <laughs> uh,
2: well, I read them all. And of course, at Eric4953, Bill Schultz and Joey Notchinski co-hosting these episodes. Such a treat for your listeners. You're goddamn right.
3: Uh, Joe but did
2: that under an assumed name, I think. She wrote that <laughs> one. <laughs> uh, question from our buddy Rex Crum. For Nick, Hobbs was a 48-year-old rookie who somehow pulled in prime Ken Basinger, how would Roy fare with the sports groupies of 2022? Great question.
4: Well, Redford's got that like old man charm. Like it's I I think he would do pretty well considering. Well, now, so it's a different climate now. You know what I mean? It's like what's okay, what's not okay. Makes me think like the old white dude in the back is probably what the women will stay away from. So I'm actually thinking now that I think about him more that he's probably striking out, no pun intended, with a lot of these broads in present day.
3: Oh, well, the other thing, too, is he really lucked out. First of all, let's remember, Robert Redford was actually narcissist that he is, even though he was 47. He was playing a 35-year-old, right? even though he looked like his mitt. Uh, skin-wise, but um, as far as he re- he his actual bat that was attached to him was so wonderful that after knocking up Glenn Close, not only did she go in for child support, she never even bothered to tell him that he had a kid so much as to even distract him from raising the little run, much less paying for him. You think that would have happened now? You think that would have happened with any NBA groupie now who are all in it? to get pregnant for the cash Roy 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 was in the right era at the right time as far as not wearing a condom
2: there's Roy Hobbs and then on the other side of spectrum there's Sean Kemp oh at (laughs)
3: least what is it 20 kids and Antonio and
2: Antonio Cromartie
3: yeah I couldn't even remember his kids names
2: Let's go have a goddamn snack. By far the best uh, uh, Hard Knocks (laughs) season ever. Oh, Uh, yeah. They should have ended it it after that season. How do you not hate Rex Ryan? I'm going to love Rex Ryan for that. Oh, totally. But but the Jet fans are still, you know. All right. And now, Bill Schultz, it's time to let Nick Cage out. Nick Cage, that's
4: not you. (laughs) (laughs) That'd be a hell of a booking. (laughs) You just shake your hands like, Nick Cage just. (laughs) Yeah. I see. Man, He's, that'd be great. Wouldn't that be uh, great? I would Carl, bow out. I would bow out to see Nick Cage shit on the natural. <laughs> like it, I would, or, I would totally rock. be like, you know what? Oh yeah, man. Oh.
3: Anytime someone refers to you as Nick Cage, just be like, that's high praise.
4: Yeah.
2: <laughs> that is high praise. <laughs> Carla was the prom queen. <laughs> I knew one of you would get that one. Uh, All right, let's let Nick Whitmer come out here. Bill Schultz and Gut the Sacred
4: Cow. This movie is fucking trash. It's filled with, <laughs> it's, right filled out of the with gate. it's filled with fucking unearned moments in fucking terrible character development. Like I'll start with those are the biggest egregious, if I'm gonna start like with the smaller gripes, I guess. What was the licensing agreement that they had with Major League Baseball where they were allowed to use the Pittsburgh Pirates, the Philadelphia Phillies and the Chicago Cubs, their brands, their names, their likenesses? But they were had to be the New York Knights and then they had to refer to Babe Ruth as the Whammer. (laughs) Like you couldn't. What weird thing is this? And then at the beginning of this movie, the Whammer is like Babe Ruth the entire time. But everybody knows it's Babe Ruth, but they can't call him that. And they keep calling him the Whammer, just grown men calling him this weird nickname. And then he goes to this carnival and he gets struck out by an elite pitching prospect. Oh, wait, he's actually a right fielder. But the whole beginning of the movie, you're thinking this guy's a fucking pitcher. Anyway, it's the dumbest thing I've ever seen. And then later in the movie, he goes <laughs> to pitch at BP and then he fucking is a good a pitcher again. And they're never like, you should pitch too." not. It's the dumbest thing I any. Mean. Uh, what's the fascination with the baseball doing insane shit in this movie? Like between the fucking clock tower scene and the lights and then getting stuck And a net and then hitting the press box It's like what child was like every time the ball gets hit it's got to blow up something like he's just doing damage to every stadium he's in it's the most unbelievable shit I've ever seen uh going to the character development this is this is the biggest flaw of the movie is that literally this movie made me feel nothing the entire time nobody no characters are developed no moments were earned the first one's the dad The dad is like in two very quick scenes saying you're going to be a great kid. And then he dies and then it's supposed to be like a powerful moment. And the lightning strikes the tree, dude. Give me five minutes with the dad. Give like, let me know the dad a little bit before you kill him. There's like doesn't do anything for me. Glenn Close is the same way. He goes off to Glenn Close. They're dancing in a field at night talking about how much they love each other and how much they want to get married. And then five minutes later, he's in a train trying to fuck this other woman. And then we're led to believe that he knocked her up that night. Like they didn't show anything. There was nothing about that that made you actually think that they were intimate. It was just this weird relationship that like meant nothing to anybody. The teammates on the team, other than Michael Madsen, who is the most laughable athlete you could possibly (laughs) cast as an actor. Michael Madsen as a professional baseball player. Are you out of your fucking mind? Anyway, Michael Madsen is the only character, the only teammate that you even know the guy's name. The rest are just guys who are never talk, and if they do talk, it's like, oh, you're really good there, Roy, and then they step into nothingness. So, like, the camaraderie at the end when he's in the hospital and all his teammates are surrounding him. It's like, dude, I don't know any of their names. I don't care at all about any of these people. Like, you can't, it's like the laziest writing and the laziest movie I've ever seen. That's and then so going with Michael true. Madsen. I
2: had no, I didn't think of that. You don't hear one character say, I could tell you damn near the entire starting nine of the Cleveland Indians in major league. Yeah. But these motherfuckers, right. I know, you're right. I know two names. That's it. Oh, and the manager. Yeah,
4: and that, and then the guy, the guy at the end is like the pitcher who's allegedly throwing the game or whatever right. but the, he's in. He's only in one scene before that, where he's dancing with the girl that he's like. I didn't even know there's a baseball player until he was pitching. And I was like, oh, I guess that's his teammate that I'm learning right now in the last most pivotal game. It's like the most ridiculous character development. And then the drama, they like, like purposely make it less dramatic, like the, the whole bump thing. They kill off Bump in the worst way ever. He sh- <laughs> he fucking catches a ball and runs through a piece of plywood and then instantly dies on impact. Are you fucking kidding me? <laughs> like <laughs> I, that's the, but that's the the only drama in that in that dugout is literally Bump versus Hobbs. It's like they could have wrote this thing that was like he lost his position on Hobbs, and then when Hobbs got hurt, Bump had to come back in, and he decided he wasn't going to take money from the the team to throw the. And you know what I mean? There was there could have been. Drama Drama there, but the only person threatening Hobbes at his position—they literally killed off in the laziest way of of all time. Um, There's more, and then the montages, the fucking montages. Holy shit, the montages. I get you do a, a one, maybe two montages when they're good. There's a montage when they're bad. There's a montage when they're good again. There's another montage. And then Roy Hobbs, whole character is shrouded in this weird secrecy of like, what has he been doing for the last 16 years? He's not answering anybody's questions. Well, the one scene where he's with Glenn Close and he's actually telling her about this, they turn that into a montage Mm -hmm. where it's like jump cuts of them walking in Chicago and then weird like ADR fucking lines that are filling in gaps. And it's like this is the most impersonal movie. I don't care at all about Roy Hobbs. Like, I don't even give a shit that, like 16 years to recover from a gunshot wound. That's like the biggest question I have and they don't even bother trying to answer it. And I like Robert Redford, I do, but I think this is one of his worst performances because the entire time he was just deadpan. As an actor, he was just delivering his lines like, yeah, well, you'll see next time. I wouldn't bet against me. Like, there's nothing there was no emotion in his face. You, you couldn't tell that he cared about Glenn Close in any way at all. Like, there's nothing about it that really I didn't believe it at all. And then the the drama between Pop and Judge, right? Mm-hmm. It's all about the majority ownership of the team. Other than the money of that, the reason why that they say in the movie that Judge is trying to get rid of Pop is, do you guys remember?
2: Wait, so Pop is a... Yeah, he's a minor league owner of the team to 10% of that.
4: Yeah. Yeah, right. He doesn't want to pay out the ownership, but he said, I want to get rid of him because what was his reasoning? Other than that whole money thing? It was because everybody knows Pop's a jinx. Oh, Yeah what that's your motivation why did you hire him he's a jinx just like what what do you like i I just thought it was just corny to me um going through these notes sorry uh yeah and then at the end this is the more unearned moments completely unearned moments they pass him the card at the end of the movie when he's in the dugout that says hey i brought my son here and by the way it's your kid Like they they haven't even showed the kid on screen yet. And I'm supposed to give a shit that he has a kid, even though it was so obvious when she told him that that he had a kid in New York. She had a son and her dad lives in New York, that it was him. It was the most obvious thing. I don't even know if they're trying to hide that or not. So I'm not going to criticize them for that. But the fact that Robert Redford like looks at this note and it's like, oh, you have a son and he's in he's here today and we haven't even seen him as an audience and you don't see him until the fucking end. And he's got this fucking slow kid bowl cut and he's catching a ball a field. It's like no wonder <laughs> she kept him away from him. Jesus Christ, the bat breaking Wonder Boy breaking. No drama at all with that, because they show you the bat at the beginning and they never really tell you how much the bat means to Roy. You just know that he made the bat himself and then it breaks and it's just, Oh, his bat broke, but we hadn't talked about the bat in 75 minutes of movie. So like, I don't give a shit that his bat broke. And then it also completely devalues the bat when the very next bat he used that was made by some fat bat ball boy, he hit a home run with that one. So like it clearly was never the bat anyway. Mm. The poisoning thing at the hospital, the fully intact bullet that they found in his belly. And then they're like, you'll never. They're like, if you ever play baseball again, your stomach will explode. What diagnosis is that? Have anybody ever heard of an exploding stomach? That's yeah, the, that's the, when like, you
2: get when you give uh, diet soda and Mentos to pigeons,
4: <laughs> that's gotcha. it. That's it. That's really it. That's it. So like, I don't understand like wh- why that's a thing. And then he starts to bleed. Like that's less believable than Kurt Schilling's bloody stock. You know what I mean? It's like, <laughs> like what is he? What is his stomach bleeding? Like what is what is bleeding right now? Like what is it that's bleeding? Not to mention, he hits one light with a ball, and then all of the lights blow up. I'm like, what? like I don't know how. How did anybody watch this movie? Like this movie is the tenth best sports movie all time by IMDb. Bill Simmons said, if you're making a sports movie list, if you don't have Hoosiers or The Natural at number one, I won't take it seriously. Where does the respect for this movie come from? This movie is like, a, it's like, it's like, like I said, you had to have watched it when you were an eight-year-old boy who just loved fucking home runs and loved no drama. And then you just like it still because you watched it when you were a boy. But if you ever revisit this movie with any type of critical eye, like it's just filled with so many terrible flaws that make you just go, I don't know or like any of these characters. Why am I even watching this fucking movie? Bill
2: is like he's watching a traffic accident unfold in front of his very eyes in slow mo. The look on his face. Forget about that Redford quote about uh, regrets. This is cutting like a
3: knife. <laughs> this is cutting like a knife.
4: <laughs> is that is that it, Nick? Or do you have more? Um, I might have more. I just have notes, but I, now that I've, I feel like I finished the rant, so I don't want to try to find All right, it's a good rant.
3: Give Some me a number. It's hard to argue.
4: Give me a number, one to ten. In terms of what I think the movie is, yes. probably like a four, four.
2: Okay. Good amount of hatred.
5: An accident claimed her daughter's lives. Her husband's life hangs in the balance and Rue feels like she's losing her mind. A brand new psychological thriller from author Eve S. Evans. Available for pre-order today. As Rue tries
2: to figure out how to be alone in the family home, strange noises, voices and shadows reveal themselves to her. More questions bubble to the surface. Are Rue's daughters haunting her? If so, why?
5: And why can't she remember what happened when they went off the bridge into the icy water below? Beneath the Water, a psychological thriller. Available on Amazon June 29, 2022 by author Eve S. Evans.
2: These notes brought to you by sponsored by guttingthesacredcow.com. Come on over, get a merch, some merch, hat bags, merch, cups, cell phone holders, you name it. And guttingthesacredcow at gmail.com if you want to advertise with
4: us or just to stop by and say hi. Going back real quick to that shot at the end uh, when he's in the hospital, all his teammates are visiting You can tell by the way Levinson framed that shot that he didn't have any intention in developing any of the other characters. Because if you watch that scene again, it's literally like a mid shot. And all you mostly what you see is Robert Redford laying in a hospital bed holding a newspaper. And then you just see like arms and torsos and shoulders (laughs) of other baseball players. They don't even show their fucking face, dude. It's like it could have just been cardboard cutouts playing the characters (laughs) like the the supporting ball players, puppets
2: (laughs) notes. Roy Hobbs should have propped up his dead dad in that tree to see if the lightning strike could bring him back to life. Oh, how dare you? The whammer. Listen, you'd have to be fucking cross-eyed and with eight versions of Down syndrome to not know the parallel between him and Babe Ruth. There is zero subtlety in a million different ways of this film. Here's number one. Mm Number two, but here's the funny part. They didn't show the part where Whammer and Hobbs double team one of the Carney folk. Why? <laughs> Harriet Bird is Barbara Hershey's character. Harriet Bird. So Bird must be the word. That's what they say. Barbara Hershey's goal is to kill the best in the sport. So if she were alive today, LeBron James would be very safe.
4: <laughs> oh, mm-hmm. holy uh, shit! If, she, if ahead, only Nick, she were ahead. alive today, she would have saved me from at least three Tom Brady Super Bowls. <laughs>
2: <laughs> I've made money on all but one of those Super Bowls, except yeah. for, of course, the Eagles, where I lost that, and of course, with the Giants. Holy shit! It's Mr. Blue from Reservoir Dogs and the Hitman who ate rat poison and Dumb and Dumber. We got ourselves a ball game here, kids. <laughs> <laughs> Also, he was in oh god the kung fu film with the black guy. Show enough? What was that? It's oh, so bad. I never saw that one. Oh yes, you did. Um, the, the, the it's black called guy. Called Dab- show enough? No, no, no. He says show enough. Come on, it's a oh. it's a classically bad film. People still hold on that for. Google me, right, Bill? You'll see. Just like eighties black guy. Uh, Bruce, Bruce Leroy was the character's name. Not, a, not I, a... I did not see this, but it's on my list now. If Wilford Brimley and that cookie duster mustache went down on women who didn't shave their privates, he'd start a brush fire faster than any contestant did on Survivor. (laughs) Have you ever seen Wilford Brimley and Andy Reid in the same room at the same time? Nope. Okay. (laughs) where the fuck would robert redford even get a second chance in baseball i don't know if there was a mexican league i didn't research there wasn't a japanese league i can promise you that because we introduced that to them early when the in the the midst of world war
4: ii it takes 16 years to fucking recover from a gunshot wound like what sense does that make I think the scandal had a part to do with it.
2: Adrian Peterson uh, the, tore his ACL was back in the field in 10 months, nine months,
4: actually. Big, big poppy got shot like five times and was fucking fine. <laughs> like, yeah. come on.
2: Do you think 50 Cent missed a show after being pumped up a full, like a nine of 11 bullets, whatever it was? Nope. He was out there singing in the club and it's your birthday. Kim Basinger, fresh out of the box, brand new. Oh, she hits her stride for me in nine and a half weeks, and I think she hits her zenith in Batman. She was quite the national treasure then. She could still be in great, great gilf porn for me right now. Gilf. <laughs> great, great gilf. I was gonna say good gilf. <gasps> The baseball miscues in this film are over-the-top insane. A ton of my infamous, that doesn't happen. And of course, the cavalcade of miscues, punctuated by the third baseman not paying attention and then getting hit squat in the nuts. Of all people not to pay attention, the second base is paying attention and the third base is paying attention. That doesn't happen. The cover getting hit off the ball. Just fucking stop. Yeah. What's next? Are these producers going to do a hockey film and have the puck explode next? Uh, Wonder Boy, which is also Bill Schultz's gay porn name. I can't wait for your Macar- <laughs> Macarthurian return to that Coliseum of Cox, my friend. Can't wait to see it back in the field of play. It does sound like a video the FBI found in Neverland after Michael Jackson died. Yeah.
5: <laughs>
2: uh so bum dies by running into a wall did barry levinson watch a ton of this week in baseball bloopers and said i got it i'll have a guy die while running through a wall how about that
4: Ugh, so bad
2: <laughs> did he not see players running through walls for years and being okay or at least could they play the benny hill theme song while doing so <laughs> here's a question for you two what did robert redford have more of in this film home runs or facial warts
4: <laughs> well, that's right yeah.
5: Mm-hmm.
4: once you see him you hate, can't stop yeah it's, yeah it's I like ki- movies
2: it's you go i hate the well, same thing with kirsten dunce's wayward snaggletooth i can't stop staring at that it's like it's oh, I a, like that. It, it makes a it's making a hard right turn in her mouth, like a, a ninety degree angle. That's <laughs> why I like Jewel, though. You know, the girl those girls with those mouths, blondes. Yeah, with, I don't blondes, blonde with big boobs, big check for me. Blondes with horrible
4: teeth. Argh, back to squares zero. So you ah. must. What do you do with Patricia Arquette then? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> You put, you put she's got you, both She. she, she, she's but she all,
3: tastes like a peach.
2: <laughs> <laughs> Robert Redford should not have pulled silver dollars from behind Kim Basinger's ears. He should have pulled a condom from behind her ears and given a double eyebrow arch. Like,
4: ha ha.
3: <laughs> they were called sheepskin back then.
2: <laughs> I can't see Robert Prosky playing any bad guys roles ever, Especially after playing a lovable goofball bartender from the great outdoors. Thank God the days are gone where guys had to wear suits and straw hats to ball games. But of course, the flip side of the coin, we now have guys wearing camouflage hats and jerseys with their own name on the back of them. <laughs> My biggest that cost pet peeve. more.
4: Yeah, you costs more money than just buying like a fucking player jersey.
2: Hey, fellow Yankee fans. A, we don't have names in the back of our jerseys. And B, <laughs> you're a quadruple jerk off for putting Costanza on the back of it. Thank you. Uh, <laughs> that's bad. That's OK, bad. lack of subtlety. Number two, we get it. Glenn Close is an angel with the light shining around her. Barry, Barry Levinson. Barry Levinson must be Yiddish for heavy handed.
5: <laughs> yes.
2: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Not buying Kim Basinger as James Garner's puppet. She's not conniving enough. But I bet Alec Baldwin spins a different yarn. <laughs> Here's something that made me twice pause it and go, "That didn't happen, really." The Bat Boy gets to go on road trips with them. What? That doesn't happen. Jesus. Oh yeah. That's straight. The kids on the train hanging out. Can you imagine if the Yankees Bat Boy followed Derek Jeter at his prime on road trips? That kid would have syphilis and gonorrhea
4: by Memorial Day. How about you don't even know the guy's name until they give him the fucking bat that says his name on it? I go, oh, his name must be Savoy then. Like, there's just (laughs) no development of characters in this. Or he just likes beer. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I'm like I'm guessing his name is Savoy because it's on the dumb bat that he just gave him. But there's no like uh, it looks (laughs) looks like
2: Kim Basinger has been plucked more than the role than the Rose of Trey Lee biggest whore in Fifth Avenue. I'm told. How dare you? That's How a cat. Dare you. I snuck a caddyshack reference in there. A silver bullet in his stomach. What is he, a werewolf? Do we have used a silver bullet? Wouldn't you kind of feel right? that? Or wouldn't you die of poisoning of some kind of that? When what kind of who was the doctor of that? Dr. Nick Rivera from The Simpsons couldn't see there was a fuck fo- when you get shot, don't they kind of try and see if they can find the bullet? That doesn't that but also
4: that doesn't happen. But also, like he went in for being poisoned, and they cut open his stomach to see what was inside of it. Right. Like, what, like what you were poisoned? You just give him a fucking epicat thing, and he throws up, or you just give him a treatment. You don't like cut open his stomach to just see what's inside of it. That's <laughs> like they how you did, get rid of poison, like the tiger shark and Jaws, where they empty out his belly <laughs> contents, and then he, yeah, and then <laughs> he pulls out a, per, a perfect bullet. That's like yeah. the Kennedy bullet. They're like, there's no way that, that that bullet went through a head and a shoulder and a wrist. Back and Christine. to the left. Back <laughs> and to the left.
3: I'm not going to sit here and watch that little silver bullet spill out all over the <laughs> front of all these good people.
2: That poor Kinter boy. <laughs> I could do this all day. I could do it all day. The baseball scenes in this film are not good at all. The, icon- the final scene is iconic, but not deserving of all the hoopla. But the other baseball scenes are nothing special, any way, shape, or form. Ironically, though, this was the first time I've ever seen a note passed to a ball player that didn't have a hotel number and lipstick print on it. <laughs> How the hell did Robert Duval know that he'd be taking late night batting practice?
4: Right, and he shows up with a fucking camera. He's in this stadium
2: that's locked down at night, and oh, just so happens here comes fucking Hobbs. Shut up! And now Robert Redford, Roy Hobbs, is able. Who's been in the hospital now for a period of time, is able to perfectly aim a ball. By the way, if you watched launch angle like I did, that was a foul ball by a mile. But of course, it comes off the bat it almost hits Robert Duval. Not once, but twice. A guy who's been off his feet and off swinging for a week is able to perfectly place it. Like the guy. Goddamn Black Widow pool shark herself, Jeanette Lee. Get the fuck out. That doesn't happen. Speaking of more of that doesn't happen, let's add shattering the press box window to our list of of exaggerated horseshit moments. Now, I was at Aaron Judge's first uh, game where he hit a home run. It went off the Mohegan Sun windows in center field, and guess what? Nary a scratch. This ball was Fouled backward at a maximum rate of seventy-five miles an hour, but it's Redford at a buck seventy-five, but not Aaron Judge's two
4: seventy-five. Who, but he pierces the glass with that foul ball, blow me! And not only that, it's like while he's writing an angry cartoon about him, like it's just so fucking dumb. It's yeah. just you see that moment, you're like, that's dumb. Like that's not cool. That's not funny. That it's just dumb, right? so the kid
2: gives him his bat which apparently happens to be major league baseball regulated because they tested his bat and of course it's laying in front of him in the in the on-deck circle or wherever they had all the bats and of course he smashes the game winning home run with that bat with that same lightning bolt oh vomit by the way i didn't know this i'm no chemistry mage or any kind of electrical engineer i did not know if you if you shoot one light bulb out the entire stadium's lighting system explodes. Yeah. I have I have seen less sparks at a Motley Crue concert while standing <laughs> at a bunch of iron workers welding. Are you <laughs> kidding me? And everyone's frolicking around the field. They'd be ducking in their head to not get any embers in their eyes. But no, it's like there's it's like White Snake videos being filmed out in right center field. Shut up. This movie has way too many over-the-top scenes. This is more of a fairy tale than a baseball movie. This is. I completely agree with your Hallmark movie assessment. That's spot on. And I get it. This is going to be hypocritical for me to say, as I said before, I love Field of Dreams. And it has ghosts as a main theme. But it's not like the ghosts come in and grab the ball midair or shake the bats or depants pants the batter on the box it's a theme they just let it go this film keeps bashing you over your head with a bunch of bullshit that doesn't happen moments in sports and i will i will tally way a, a, a bandwagon myself bandwagon i'm gonna jump aboard your bandwagon the character development is piss poor the secondary characters you know none of them any of the teammates name that's that's shocking uh, the story is okay it's okay. I would have preferred a little backstory about how he got shot, but they wanted to keep that under wraps, keep it mysterious. Eh. But the that doesn't happen moments completely take me out of this film. The baseball scenes I said before are piss poor. I don't hate this film, but this gloriously fails the remote test. Remote test, of course, if you stumble upon it at any point while watching on cable, do you drop the remote and continue watching. No chance. I own this because I bought it for five bucks a while ago. Oh, that's cool. The natural for five bucks. I'm never going to watch this again. This is not even my top 10 baseball film list. Major League, Field of Dreams, eight men out, Cobb. Little Big League. Oh. Is, yeah, Cobb oh, is Cotton. excellent. You're so wrong. It's so good. Little Big League, The Rookie. Yeah, because at least it's true to form. 42, Sandlot, 61, and For Love the Game in no particular order. That's the banner, and my score, boy Nick Whitmer, you and I are simpatico because I actually <laughs> did something that I don't often do, Bill Schultz. You know what's going to come next? I dropped my score for this for now because your argument four and a half out of ten wow. from, from a from a five. Never let. By the way, and I saw this as a kid, and I wasn't impressed. I go, ah, I eh, eh. hits a bat with a lightning bolt, breaks a light, cool. What about the rest right. of it? Not much. As a kid, I said that so. I will stand from me in that camp. Good Bill for Schultz. You. Thank you, sir. Bill Schultz, the floor is yours, pal. Well,
3: um, this will not shock you guys that when we're talking about the natural, it all comes back to Chicago. The character of Roy Hobbs was based on two people. Eddie Wenkus yep. was a real Chicago cub that got shot by his stalker because he made the cardinal sin of being traded to the Phillies. Comes back to play in <laughs> Wrigley Field. She sends him a note. He goes into her hotel room. He doesn't know who she is. She shoots him with a rifle. And then unlike uh, Barbara Hershey, she continues to live until she's 83, never even went to jail. Eddie never really pressed charges. She went to a mental thing. And then of course, the other Chicago, Chicagoan that this character is based on shoeless Joe mm-hmm. Jackson. So much is it based on shoeless Joe Jackson with the gambling and the taking and what have you. in the novel, Of course, Roy Hobbs strikes out and a kid actually says in the novel, say it ain't so, Roy, say it ain't so. That is where the arguments about reality or that doesn't happen end. You guys, it's not like a fairy tale. This is a fairy tale. And it strikes me as very interesting that you both love Field of Dreams. And yet you're also in the same sentence as you kind of touched on, Kev criticizing this movie for all of the over-the-top. This whole thing is based on a Thurian legend from Pop mm-hmm. Fisher, who is the Fisher King, right on up to Roy Hobbs, who is King Arthur himself, uh, Sir personal a little bit. But it's basically based on that legend, the women as well. The, the symbolism is, as you mentioned, over the goddamn top. I remember watching as a kid and thinking my dad was a genius for showing me that all the good people were in white. And all the bad people were in black. I thought dad was a genius. Then I got to about seven and I realized, oh, anyone can see that. Um, But the actual unspoken symbolism in this movie is, I think we'll call them pinks. P-I-N-X. Pussy jinx or unlucky fuckies. Uh, and it's really what an a, a vagina can do to an otherwise pure soul like Roy Hobbs. He wasn't that pure in the book. Uh, whether it be uh, Glenn, uh, I'm sorry, not Glenn Close, Kim Basinger or Barbara Hershey versus Magical Wood. And it wasn't just Wonder Boy. And it wasn't just Savoy Special. It was that goddamn wall made of wood that immediately killed Bump, who was a bump on Roy's log. The wood (laughs) is the real winner in this movie. The other issue, of course, is age. We discussed when we destroyed Superman, the movie, how stupid it was for them to cast a younger Christopher Reeve when Christopher Reeve was like 27 at the time. And everybody played an 18-year-old who was 27 then anyway. And they cast it with a guy that was a year younger than Christopher Reeves. And he was just skinnier. And that was it. That didn't work. In this movie, it was so stupid to cast Robert Redford as both an 18-year-old and, boy, they were pushing it when they, all of a sudden he was 35, when he was 47. That is why the light is so soft throughout the movie, but particularly in the early scenes. And the light versus dark is throughout. And that is a theme, except from the beginning, when Glenn Close and Robert and Robert Redford, both of whom are way too old to be playing who they're playing at 18, respectively,
5: mm-hmm. are
3: basically uh, shot in a closet with a screen over it in every scene because they didn't have the CGI that so helps DH Marvel characters. And apparently the Jones in the next one that I will not see, I'll probably see it. Uh, That age thing always struck me as interesting. Wilford Brimley being not two years older than Robert Redford at that movie, both of them being about two years older than me right now is gut punching. Uh, But Wilford Brimley in and of himself and that age is still always a mind blower. Um, But the movie is indeed a fairy tale. And all of these illogical things that happen, all of these things that that you say would never happen, that's valid if we were to talk about a bull Durham, if we were to talk about an eight man out, hell even major league bowed to a lot of the realisms of baseball, but this is a fairy tale. God bless Ray Liotta, RIP Ray Liotta, A great quote he once said is that he always felt bad getting back to Shoeless Joe, that he never learned how to bat left handed because that's what Shoeless Joe did. And a lot of fans would come up to him and say, I love Field Dreams, but I can't believe that you didn't learn how to bat left handed. And he would finally tell them, he's like, yeah, I know Shoeless Joe was uh, left handed or it wasn't right-handed, but he also wasn't a ghost that came back on a cornfield in Iowa. (laughs) That is the kind of arguments you guys are giving me, and well done, Ray Liotta, for seeing the forest with the magical wood for the trees. Uh, Casting-wise, even though it was the whammer, but again, fairy tale. Many people, far more brilliant than me, Bob Costas being one of them, I still need to say he's one of the best interviewers that ever lived, uh, said that that is the best cast of Babe Ruth ever. I am one to agree. Uh, I don't have his name in front of me, but he Joe was-
2: Don Baker, also in some of the Thank Bond you. films. You're welcome.
3: Yes, absolutely. Um, Darren McGavin as Gus was great. Um, Wasn't he
2: also the dad in Gremlins?
3: Ah, uh, yes. I wait a second though. Uh, if he was, he aged horribly between that and a year later Gremlins. But you might be right. Now, uh, but uh, keep talking. I'll look up. Um, And uh, while the ending was made for Hollywood, of course, because I guess in the book, uh, Roy Hobbs does strike out, although giving back the money that he did take, much like Shoeless Joe, uh, he also had sex with Glenn Close, who in the book was his grandmother and she still got pregnant. It's a fucked up book, boys. Uh, all of those changes whoa, were for whoa. the...
4: <laughs> Wait, what yes. oh, so yes. Glenn Close's character is supposed to be his grandmother?
3: Grandmother, and he doesn't meet her until later. She's the lady in red in the book. So and... he fucks
4: her and then their kid is... The,
3: yes. His um, grand? At, yeah, also part of a and legend a little bit. There's always a lot of incest in those things. Oh. Indeed. And yet he's um, still... Okay. Uh, and... uh all of these changes made this movie not only one of the better sports movies, if you can call it that, it might be more of a fairy tale ever made, but also one of those rare movies that is far better than the book, as uh, hard-hitting and edgy as the book, I suppose, is. Let us not discount Randy Newman's unbelievable score. Gentlemen, I ask you, hum me another classic baseball soundtrack theme song other than the natural.
2: a comes- Gun, I Love L.A., Not a baseball movie.
3: Oh, well, maybe. Had a great baseball couple scenes. Now, I love the soundtrack to Field of Dreams. Go ahead and hum it. I'm waiting. Ding, 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 ding. Yeah. That sounds like uh, close, close encounter encounters. Archive, yes,
2: um, I, I do have the I do have the track from Field of Dreams on my iTunes. So a
3: soundtrack can make the movie, and this one certainly did. can
2: di- um, I cannot disagree with you anymore? There, this is so, uh, 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 uh. you know it when you hear it, but you're not like again. Everyone knows Axel F and loves it. Everyone maybe ha- people have it on their phone. No one has this fucking natural theme on their phone except maybe you. I will refuse to comment on that one way or the other. <laughs> I thought,
3: I actually thought that there were a lot of great points made. I never even really thought about the fact that a team is so unbelievably underdeveloped, they don't know or care about any of them. I will say that you do see his son sitting right next to Glenn Close and her bringing him on in towards the end. It also establishes the fact that Roy Hobbs is, well, a good person, no character arc there from beginning till end. He's dumb as fuck. I mean, she right. essentially. Uh, piecemeal gives him the fact that he is her father when they first meet up in Chicago. So much so saying that her, his father lives in New York and he's doesn't do the math. Cause he can't, cause he can't do math. Uh, that was a little uh, ridiculous. The character development of the team. Yes. Was very shoddy. Um, the pitchers, the pitcher situation as well, but guys, again, It's Arthurian legend with a little bit of Greek mythology in it and some Christian symbology. As far as the wound on the side is concerned, this is less a sports movie, much more a fairy tale. As is your beloved Field of Dreams. And if anything, the more I think about this gorgeous movie, the more I love (laughs) it more. But then again, I'm a little biased. I knew that was coming.
2: I was waiting for that. I was waiting for the hat to come out. It's I would argue at yeah. all time. I knew, I knew you had the hat. So yeah. Yeah, yeah, I would
4: yeah. it is a cool hat, I'll give you that. But oh, it's a great uh,
5: hat. Evan I would
4: flannels if you're interested. <laughs> I'll give you this though. To to your suspension of reality and field of dreams is just you have to believe that ghosts exist. That's it. With the natural, you have to believe the 15 ludicrous things. That's my so point. It's like to me, like the, the field of dreams is more believable <laughs> than uh than uh than the natural. But yeah, I mean, good points about symbolism and a fairy tale and stuff. My argument with that would just be that I think symbolism and and those things should be like, um, it shouldn't be so heavy handed in the sense of like, it shouldn't be so literal. It should just be something that's kind of after the fact that you can talk about. Oh, it's very heavy
3: handed. Yes. Um, Well, but the other thing I'd say, too, is the only thing that that movie forced me to have to believe was that Everything I've done wrong in my life was because of pussy, and I can go and believe <laughs> that. That is not That's too fair. hard of a fairy tale to do, or pinkses right. and or unlucky fuckies.
4: It's like the movie itself and story should stand on its own aside from the symbolism. Like there are people who who claim that there will be blood is like a metaphor for the war in Iraq. But you don't have to know that to, to love that movie. Oh, yeah. You know what I mean? Whereas like this one is just it's just so like on the nose if that's what yeah. they're going for. Well, Bill, and the get, other Bill...
3: heavy handed thing in the book, too, is the whole Arthurian legend, New York Knights. Here's one thing I've never been able to confirm. And I read the book so long ago. And again, it's not that great. Uh Very lauded, but not that great. But the one thing I've never been able to confirm um within the book or certainly in the movie, okay, so yeah, Arthurian legend, sure. But you would assume this is the fourth baseball team in New York, right? You got your Dodgers, you got your Giants, you got your Yankees, and then the Knights. You would assume New York Knights, they're in Queens. But I've never been able to confirm that. And I don't know if anyone thought ahead to actually establish that. So right. there is another notch against some of the wealth otherwise well thought out things in
4: the movie. Give it me should a, be in
3: Queens. Give me a number. Queens Knights. Give me a number. Nine.
4: Oh, nine. Jesus Christ. What am
3: I wearing? What am I wearing? <laughs> <laughs> I've wasted too much money to go back at this point, guys. Too much money. <laughs> <laughs> nine. Oh that wait, I, I got another hat. This, one, I, this one's the patch. Yeah, right oh my god! Oh yeah! Oh, and by the way, look at this on the T-shirt. Uh, this is my favorite part of the T-shirt. Let's see?
2: There oh, the like. Oh my yeah. god! Oh, yeah. Hey, yeah. Yeah. I'm a virgin. I was just gonna say, Nick, do you see the pussy stampede <laughs> behind him? I don't know
3: what it's like to kiss a woman. <laughs>
2: <laughs> Deathly a man. Oh, but hey, you enjoy you. Let's see what the I am who I am. Let's see, and I love you for that. And let's see what these blowhard douche nozzles have to say about these reviews. Critics five star 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 reviews. Critics, five star reviews. Barry Levinson's The Natural is a sports drama that gives me a pleasant time. For two hours, that roll like a pitcher's fastball in the postseason. Guess what? This nerd doesn't watch baseball, but wanted to make a joke. But we see right through you, buddy. (laughs) Yeah. Nope. Nope. Not. Nope. Nope.
4: Fastballs go faster in the postseason. Yeah. Did you know that? Yeah. Especially a ninety-mile-an-hour one. He even gives you the mileage it's going, dude. Like,
3: by the way, I haven't read the rule book, but when you knock the cover off a ball, that's a ground rule double. Yes yeah that was yeah he didn't make it home
2: on that one when the natural opened in 1984 i thought it was the best baseball movie ever made 36 years later and after countless bull dorm reruns which i think is overrated well, I, Bull is great I, I find it falls far short of the original designation but it's still got merit robert redford is at his best as a middle-aged uh, rookie roy hobbs but wilford <laughs> brimley all but steals the show as crusty but laconic skipper pop fish uh Lou Brown is the best baseball manager in any fucking sporting film, period.
3: I pardon my ignorance, that's a major league one, right? Major League yeah, of course. League, yeah. Yes. Oh he was amazing. Yeah, 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 yeah.
2: Come on, Dorn, get in front of the damn ball. <laughs> Don't give me that old lay shit. Means we got to win the
4: whole damn thing.
5: <laughs> it's,
2: it's all
4: very, va- so good. So and the Yankees very,
3: were the bad guys.
4: Of course.
2: It's all very corny, but they sucked in the 80s. So there was no need for that. It's all very corny and much of it's almost over alarmingly overbaked, yet it works. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Critics, one star reviews. Critics One Star Reviews, Critics One Star Reviews. The the scouting report on The Natural has lots to read, lots of tools, but no heart. (laughs) Finally, a critic that makes a relevant baseball joke. Okay. The script is one shockingly drab line after another, and nothing into the expensive 1930s period design can cover up the shabbiness of the movie making. Robert Redford isn't a isn't playing a 1930s baseball hero; he's playing an instrument of God. No. <laughs> The message is baseball is purely and simply a matter of divine intervention. At about the 130-minute mark, I got the idea that God's only begotten son was playing right field for the New York team. What? (laughs) Jammed with cliches, the natural never misses a chance to manipulate the audience. Into what? I was going to
3: say, yeah, I like they're... they're their,
2: Cliches, I'm with you. What are we being manipulated Their to?
3: magic lightning bat dogma. I yeah. To follow that.
2: <laughs> the saccharine esque <laughs> feelings. Yeah. <laughs> Amazon five star reviews. Amazon five star reviews. There is a certain demographic that, thanks to today's identity politics, may have more difficulty finding good stories like this to which they can relate. This film may be particularly inspirational to people who feel like their lives didn't turn out the way they had hoped and have trouble seeing the silver lining. I wouldn't be surprised if this film is eventually rebooted at some point with countless revisions to make it conform to the political ideology rampant in today's Hollywood. But this is one of the main reasons that I find myself going back to watch these films that I love one more time before they get ruined or become difficult to find
4: in their original form. That's basically like trying to tell you that he hates queers, but like, doesn't he doesn't <laughs> want to say that?
2: You know, what I mean? like what, is, yeah. like what, what, is, that? what yeah. is that
4: saying? dude? In the,
2: in the reboot, there's gonna be a like gay second baseman yeah he, turn like, two Turn two, don't mind if I do. an, insp- an inspiring story of lost dreams, redemption in a pursuit of a dream and finding something you never knew you lost. A classic in the vein of field of dreams of warm warm summer days, lemonade, and watching or listening to America's favorite pastime with the now mostly forgotten legends of days gone by. Is someone is someone sitting with their feet and their or toes in the lake in, in the waters of Lake Wobegon? Casey Kasem should have read that. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> this little girl lost her dog at the age of twelve. I, Here, here's number forty-seven. Salt and peppers, push it.
3: Well, if Lake Wobegon was a fantastic strain of weed, that
2: comment that he made would have been made sense. Great name for a gay bar, too. By the way, since we're on the theme. <laughs> oh yeah, Wobegon. I don't care for baseball, never have. Truth be told, I would rather watch a meaningless preseason football game than game seven of the World Series. Stop it. I've even tried watching it in person, but the game still feels about as dull as watching grass grow. That said, it is ironic that this is my all time favorite sports movie. Guess who's not taking this asshole seriously? Yeah, me right? and you, Nick.
3: And I think right. there is an argument to be made that it, in a weird, obviously, it has to be put in the sports movie category. Because it's about baseball. But there is an argument to be made that it isn't a sports movie. So in a is, weird way, well, yeah.
2: Is The Rookie with yeah. Brendan Fraser still a sports movie? I never yeah. saw
3: that because Yankees it's and Brendan
2: Fraser. Yeah, <laughs> you know, He's in Japan for eight, you know, 80% of the film. I don't know why you're Yankee hatred. Uh,
4: did they, real quick, I, I we touched on it before, but did they ever explain why he was a right fielder and not a pitcher when you're led to believe he was a pitcher? Was that in the it's book? It's a
3: great question, and that pissed I, the, me out. And it's not in the book, and he could have You the old I think it's an, it's, a, it, it's,
2: been... an e- it's an easy answer. How many, besides Nolan Ryan or Phil Nico, who threw a spitter, how many forty-some-year-old pitchers are there out there? Not But that's many. the
4: thing, though. He pitches in BP, and they're like, he throws the ball to the net, and they're like, oh my god, this guy can pitch too. Like, yeah. well, no, and, like- and, and and Nick, to your point, you know who the real natural is? Is Robert
3: Duvall. Okay, this guy is such a renaissance sports journalist. He is the uh, a writer. A sports photographer and the best sports (laughs) cartoonist that ever lived. Now having said all that, (laughs) he didn't put two and two that Roy was that pitcher until Roy had Eighty-two pitches the ball that goes right through the eye, uh, the, the net, you know, the net, and then all of a sudden so he's like, stupid. "Oh yeah, yeah, yeah." yeah eat, that part, that part, even even though you don't need logic in this movie, that part was really pushing it. Yeah,
2: yeah, <laughs> yeah eat, eat shit, Bill Gallo. That's what I, I've learned from that <laughs> last segment. The nice, uh, the nice cut. Daily
3: News, right? Not the Post. It's Bill Gallo. I believe so. I think it's Daily News. Yeah.
2: Amazon. I'm oh, sorry, I missed one. I'm an avid baseball fan, and I watched this movie when I was eight years old. After that day, I never wore another number but nine. Even if I had to trade, bargain, or trick someone, I, I always wore that number. When you watch this movie, all that you could do is dream that you could.
3: That's the thing I'm pissed off about at Ebbet's Flannels. Otherwise, I'm giving them free plugs, and hopefully, they'll be an advertiser for you soon. As far as my t-shirt is concerned, there's no nine on the back. I got, I got the lightning bolt, but not the nine. Where's the nine?
2: Well, you're pretty angry. I am. This costs a lot of money. Amazon one star reviews. Amazon one star reviews. Here come the Amazon one star reviews. Can we give a can I give Amazon a zero for this? Glenn Close sounds sounds like someone transgendered and Robert Redford sounds like gosh knows what. I had to turn on close captions, close captions to determine what they were even saying. (laughs) Zero stars to Amazon. Sign RuPaul. <laughs> <laughs> you. Next one. The fielding, in quotes, portrayed in this movie is horribly unrealistic and closer to angels in the outfield. And closer to angels in the outfield than a movie that I can take seriously like 42. Not sure why people think this is a good movie. Oh, terrible. Best. Terrible, terrible. Ready for this one? Best sports classic movie ever. No. Well, they, the, the ironic part is it's this an is it. oddly worded sentence to begin with. Well, no, yeah. this was this was it. This is these are the Amazon one stars, but they had that to write. Ah, okay. <laughs> That's why I put it there. <laughs> Next one, very little baseball, kind of a dull story. Many great baseball movies out there, and this isn't one of them. Next one, watched it when I was young, hated it watch it as an adult, and still hate it. Sorry, uh, give me Major League or Eight Men Out or Bingo Long any day over this movie.
3: That was the Billy D. Williams and James Earl Jones movie. I never saw that. I, don't I know have if not either.
2: Not. Yeah number one redford is way too old for this role ditto glenn close and not nearly attractive enough number two number three how did roy go from being a prodigy of a pitcher as a teen to being a prodigious prodigious power hitter later number four the mythical hits by roy are ludicrous how in the heck can you foul tip a harder than anybody else so it shadows a press box window thank you he answered his own question the mythical
3: mythical hits come and on.
2: The, and the climactic Homer near the end. What's with the broken lights raining Sparks for what it? It seems like 10 minutes? Not to mention the fact the Sparks showered down in the base pass, which are 300 feet away from the lights. Yeah. Number five, the Homer. Yeah, I'm
3: sorry, I hate, I hate to interrupt, but this is the equivalent of watching Star Wars and being like, you can't have explosions in space. That is
2: literally the equivalent of this. But no, 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 no. <laughs> Star Wars and the Matrix set their own rules in its own separate universe of being science fiction. This is No, it isn't. This is a fucking baseball movie. You're not supposed to have shit no up. New York knights. It there combined- Yeah, there's there's also not a lot of other things in baseball films. There's not also the doubt whatever but what, the Texans in the, in, a, in, a, in a, any given Sunday, I forgot their team name. Oh, oh well,
4: man. I love NFL it. Yeah, by the way, is, uh, on that one. one of the things I will say about this movie to compliment it, the one thing I liked about this movie is that it was the last time that the Pittsburgh Pirates looked good in any capacity. <laughs> <laughs> what do you mean? 19,
2: 1989,
4: 1990, the killer
2: bees were not excited about that. Yeah. They well, said was that, two,
3: that but... wasn't in the book that they were playing the uh, Pittsburgh, but they said that that was the movie makers revenge for Mazeroski's home run.
4: Oh, yeah. Wow. I mean, so someone's a Yankee yeah. fan then. Yeah. Okay.
2: Number five, the home run home run music was just Okay. Just okay, not so great. It has to be used over and over at nauseum, at half the ballparks in the country. Uh, very, very mediocre film at best. And again, I just don't understand why people rave about it. That's a final review. Bill Schultz and Nick Whitmer got the sacred cow.
3: Okay, this is one of my all-timers. I love it. I still get chills, and I have literally seen it. I hate saying the word literally. Got to get that on my vocabulary.
2: That's because you weigh 140 pounds and you get chills a lot, and you're going through withdrawals from alcohol. I hate you. <laughs>
3: um, but I, um, I I, I will still obviously clearly always love it. But I have to tell you, Nick made some points that as many times as I've seen it, I've never really thought about. And so even though I still consider this a cherished movie, I will grudgingly say that in some brief shiny way he gutted it a little bit so yes i'll take it <laughs> i disagree
2: i say he fully gutted this fucker I, you're
3: not gonna get that out of me
2: <laughs> i didn't expect to but i completely agree nick you're right as soon as you chose this i know i first of all, i knew where bill stands because i've been to his house and seen his collection oh, yeah,
5: yeah.
2: <laughs> <And> is, <laughs> he's wept for me <laughs> i did i did but i i never liked this as a kid i go all right it's not bad But there are too many overbearing flaws in my book to say this is a classic. I can't can't deal with this. I agree.
4: Nick Whitmer, you've been a blast. Tell everybody again what you're up to and where we can find you. My special is coming out most likely in July. I'm still getting the final dates from the people. But uh, just follow me on Instagram and you'll get all that information uh, at Nick underscore Whitmer. Um, you can also go to the nickwhitmer.com. All that stuff's on there as well. Um, so keep an eye out for that. If you listen to stand up in the car, get my album. It's uh, it's pretty much everywhere where you can get music. Nick Whitmer. It's called Always Hungry. Get it. Bill Schultz ruined the rest of the show for us.
3: <laughs> uh, I am at Bill. Sh- I, I'm uh, at Bill Schultz on Twitter. Again, I don't really do the Instagram thing. Uh, please check out Joanne Nosachinski and I uh, on CompoundMedia.com. The subscription is so cheap, you can't afford not to do it. We are 12 p.m. Eastern Standard Time to 1 p.m uh monday through thursday nick we'd love to have you on uh we can exchange love to change afterwards yeah. absolutely and while my lack of a tooth is disgusting joanne, <laughs> joanne is a lot of fun to look at so you have that yeah,
2: yeah. i'll be looking at her in less than four minutes as i uh i cannot
3: up. wait to hear about the exorcist thing yeah and I, I get to hear she's just like she's just now seen it so yeah it'll okay
2: be yeah Kevangotee.com for all my shenanigans and Tom Fleury. Get looking, look for us in the metaverse with this very fine show as well as possibly other shows in the near future of mine that you've known to come and love. Guttingthesacredcow.com, guttingthesacredcow at gmail.com. And God damn it. If you haven't written a five star rating, two or three sentence review about this very fine podcast and your platform of choice, shame on you. But like Jesus says, there's always time for redemption. And unlike the Penguins goalies, we can offer saves too. Ah, motherfucker!
3: If you have not done a five five star review, you are fucking Barbara Hershey. Oh
2: all my lord! Right? Yeah. That, that we can, all agree, that that we can all agree on. That we can all agree on. Kevin Goetz, <laughs> special guest, Bill Schultz. Thanks, pal. a joy when you hang on. And Nick Weber, my pal. congrats on the on the album. That's dope. I have it. I bought it. As I said, as
4: I posted and, and screenshot to you just to prove it. Thank you for coming <laughs> on our very podcast. Yeah. Thank you guys for having me. It's so much fun. And you guys have a really good thing going here. It's really good. It oh, thank you, sir. I Appreciate
1: it. All right, everyone. Take care. Later. Save big on brunch for mom. All in the Kroger app. Get 16 ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% lean ground sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up. All with your card.